But at this wedding feast that you're invited to, there's always room for one more. Good, bad, or ugly, there's always room for one more. God's grace is good enough for everyone. Look, he went out and he didn't say like, we have, we have 100 spots, go invite these 100 people. He didn't, in fact, he didn't pick specific people to come. The father said, go out and invite anyone you can find. This is the message of God, that anyone you can find is welcome in the kingdom of God. You're listening to a sermon from the river. Join us as we learn to love one another as family, sharing the gospel in all its depth with a spirit of worship and an atmosphere of community. You can watch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, or on our website, but we really hope you'll join us in person in Durant, Oklahoma. As you jump into this message, may God give you ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. We're going to be reading in uh, Matthew 22 today. Matthew 22, starting at verse 1. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Hear me? All right. Matthew 22, verse 1 says, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, one to his business. The rest seized his servants and mistreated and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the great teacher. Thank you that you are leading and guiding this service today. Thank you, God, that your word will be heard. Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what is said, we are listening for you, Jesus. <laughs> we are listening for your word. Jesus, I just ask that uh, you would give us the spirit of revelation in Christ Jesus to see what you have for your church today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. You ever wonder who will be at your funeral? <laughs> I've wondered that. Sometimes I go to a funeral and I'm like, my goodness, like this room is packed, like, and, or people will tell you about the funeral, you know, and it's like, and they're like, oh yeah, there was like people standing outside, couldn't get into the funeral, he had so many, he was so well loved, so well liked, and uh, sometimes I've, I've thought about that and been like, who is actually going to come to my funeral? And I, sometimes I think, man, it might be a very small event, and then I think, well, you know, and then you think about it more, and you're like, do I want it to be a sad event, do I want everybody to be crying, 
Or do I want to be happy? Do I want to like, you know, like arrange some pranks for them? Because I'm weird like that. All of a sudden he sits up in the grave like little, you know, <laughs> there's a spring in there. No. <laughs> um, but you know, you ever wonder who's going to be there, right? Uh, there, there's a movie Charade, really old Aud Audrey Hepburn movie, if you've ever seen it. If you've never seen it, great movie. I can, I can always give old movie recommendations. But uh, in that movie, you know, she's going to her husband's funeral. Uh, she traveled to another country, goes to her husband's funeral, and uh, he was apparently not very well liked in the country that he was living in. Uh, she goes there, and it's her and her friend who came there, and one policeman in the back who's clipping his fingernails as, as the, you know, just they're sitting there in silence. And then, you know, one man comes in, comes up and looks, on it, looks at him, sneezes all over him and walks out. Another man comes in, holds a mirror up to his nose, making sure he's not breathing, making sure he's dead, then goes and sits down. And another one comes in, stabs him with a pin, and then walks out. And uh, it's just, what an awkward, weird funeral. What's happening here, you know? Um, but you, but you got to wonder, you know, uh, who's going to be there? And it's a question of honor. It's who, who honors you enough to come. And uh, that's the way this really starts out with, in this wedding that we are all invited to, it's a question of honor. God wants your presence. God wants your presence. You're invited to the wedding feast to honor the groom. You are Jesus' reward. Jesus is not your reward for being good. Jesus is not your reward for going to church all your life. Jesus is not even your reward for believing. You are Jesus' reward for how good he was, <laughs> for how good he did when he died on the cross for you. You are his reward. The first people invited. So, so it's, his, it's his son's wedding. Uh, everything's prepared. And the first people he invites, you know, or, or maybe even the son invited. It didn't say. It just said, go, go send out for everybody who was invited. Tell them to come. The ones who are first invited, tell them to come. And they're uh, eh, not really that interested. But it goes and getting like, come on, it's time to go. And, and it says that some of them, you know, just... I'm too busy. You know, I got work to do. They went back to the field. They went back to the business. And others, it says, killed the messengers. And, of course, this is, this is talking about the Jews. Um, so this is talking about the people of Israel, God's chosen people, uh, who the old covenant was made with, that he had a covenant with them. They had been invited. Uh, but then he would send his servants to tell them. And what did they do? Prophet after prophet was killed. Then finally, he sends his own son. Just like uh, one of the other parables that he says, you know, about a chapter or two before this, where finally he says, I'll send my son, and they'll respect him. And they think, no, you know what? If we kill him, we can really, the whole thing will be ours now. So they killed him. So he sent Jesus. He sent the groom. He sent the bridegroom. And they killed him. Um, when someone, have you, have, have you ever uh, had a, a party, an event, or something, and you invited some people. It's not your funeral, right? Because you don't get you don't get to invite people to your own funeral um, unless you're really well prepared. But but you're having a party, and you 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 send out all your invitations. There's specific people that you really want to be there. Maybe there's some people you invite because you have to. You know, it's expected. They're they're going to come one way or another. But there's somebody that you really want to be there. And then you know they're like, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, we're coming. And then the day of. You know, your, your, your birthday rolls around, your party rolls around, your, your Christmas event rolls around, whatever it is. And then that person's like, oh, uh, you know what, I don't get to make it because uh, I, I worked late last night. <laughs> you know, so I'm tired. Or oh, I'm not going to make it because I have, I have another event I have to go to. And, and uh, if, you've ever, if you've ever been in that position, I think we all have, uh, there's, a, there's a certain sense inside you that just feels a little, like, dishonored. Like, this was not something that was important to them, right? So I'm, I'm giving you this heads up for my next birthday. 
Um, no, no, sorry. Um, but if somebody, if somebody you really honor, I tell you what, like there is, you're not going to come up with any excuse. Well, let's say, let's say if you're on this political side of the spectrum. But if the president invites you to, uh, to his Christmas party at the White House, you're not going to come up with any excuse. You get a personal invitation from the president, you're like, I don't even know how I'm going get to get to D.C. You know, I don't have the money to make that, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make it happen. Because you feel honored because you honor him, right? But then your friend you don't honor quite as much, and so when he invites you and you're a little bit tired of things, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't... The familiarity actually can lower the level of honor. And so when, when the father sent out his servants to go bring them in to the wedding feast, the problem was they didn't honor the groom. This was not something important to them. They had more important things to do. They had work to do. They had businesses to run. I remember at my wedding, however many years ago, long time ago, I remember, I remember being surprised at some of the people who, who did come. And, just, and it makes you feel so good at the people who do show up that you're like, oh man, I really did not expect you. Like one of the guys from work, one of my friends, Jose, that just, you know, we weren't that close. We worked together for a long time. But when he showed up at a wedding, I'm like, man, I think we're closer than I realized. Like this guy actually cared enough to come to this, to get dressed up. And as a guy, like guys don't look forward to weddings, you know. I mean, like if a guy comes alone to your wedding, he really cares about you because he's, he's probably got something better to do. Um, but it, but it's, a, it's a question of honor. Now, the same thing happens at the end when he, when he invites different people. You know, he invites a different group. Uh, and one man comes in not wearing his wedding clothes. Once again, it's a matter of honor. It's a matter of there's this beautiful event you've been invited to, and now you're just going to walk in here in your street clothes and just be like, Where's the shrimp? <laughs> even, even in your presence, the, the, way, the way you present yourself is a, is a question of honor. I went to a friend's wedding where it was speech time. And you know everybody's giving these beautiful speeches about the bride and the groom. And the, the dad gets up and takes the microphone <laughs> and gives a semi-beautiful speech about how this is all because of him, because he's such a good dad, and because he met the mom back in this time, and all this stuff, and it was all, it was all about me. Me, 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 me. And that's really what we're seeing, too, in, in the person at the end who, who is not wearing the wedding garments. He wasn't there for the groom. He was there for me. And you know what? The, the, the wedding garments are a gift to you. It's called righteousness, and it's a gift from God. It's not your righteousness. But we'll get to that in a minute. But you're invited. You're invited to the party. Let's go back to Matthew 22 for a moment. So he said to the servants in verse 8, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Why didn't they deserve to come? Because they didn't honor the groom. That was why. They were, I mean, they were invited, but they proved they were not deserving because they didn't honor the groom. They didn't, they didn't, and this was what we would say is, is unbelievers, <laughs> but uh, that you deserve by belief. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm uh, stumbling over my words today, but he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone 
you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. They went out into the streets and invited anyone they could find, the bad as well as the good. I uh, sometimes, as I'm reading through the Bible, I still get caught off into, into bad theology. I still get caught off into uh, old covenant legalistic views of things. And uh, I get, get caught in these little loops where I'm like, but yeah, but how about this first? How do I make sense of this under grace? And you know, I, I look at some of the people that God called and I look at like Cornelius and God, you know, God called Cornelius because he saw him. This is the first Gentile convert, right? Cornelius. Uh, you know, he saw him, that he, was giving, that he was giving to the Jews, that he was praying to God, that he was faithful, even though he was not saved, even though he was not a Jew. He was a good man, a righteous man, a godly man. And then uh, God calls him. God, it says that, that his praises came up as a monument before God. And so God calls this good man. And sometimes I look at these stories and I think, is God really interested in the good people? Is that who he's really wanting to save? Like, like you know, we're like... We go after the good, the bad, and the ugly, but maybe God's, maybe God's really, you know, interested in the righteous. These thoughts come to me sometimes. You're, you're probably like, oh my gosh, this is our pastor, uh-oh. Um, but, but, but I struggle with these things sometimes, and I look at it and wonder, you know, in the same way, like, well, what if, you know, what about when I'm not so good, you know? Does God still want me? But it says that they went out and invited the good and the bad. It says that literally, the good and the bad to this wedding feast. And they didn't, they didn't like, okay, it's not like royal wedding, you know, and they're like, okay, we've invited this street person, so we need to get them in here and train them, okay? So this is how you hold the teacup. This is when you stand. This is when you rise. You know, this is when you sit down. This is, everybody's going to say amen here. This is the clothes you're going to wear. This is, and they, like, they're cleaning him up. They're brushing his teeth. They're doing his hair, and they're saying, hey, <laughs> you better do this right, because you're going to make a fool of yourself, you know, in front of the king if you don't do this. They don't, they don't go through this, this teaching ceremony. There's nothing to fix this person before they get in there. The good, bad, and the ugly, they say, everything's ready, just get over here. The good, the bad, and the ugly. They invited anyone they could find. And that is our job, is to invite anyone we can find. The good and the bad. There is no prerequisite God loves you wherever you are in your life. Whether you are at the peak of your life, the high, you know, everything's good, everything's great. You feel like you're a good person. Pe people around you think you're a good person. You're well-liked, you're rich, you know, you're a respected member of the community. Or if you're at the very bottom of your life, you've hit, you've hit the bottom, right? You've hit rock bottom and you're struggling. You know, you're not, you're not making your bills, you're, Strung out on drugs, you're you're like you're the very you're the one who thinks that when you walk into church you're gonna burst into flame. <laughs> you're not. In fact, God sent out messengers to go find you right where you're at, right now, and say, You're invited. You're invited. Come on. Everything's ready. The feast is ready. You're invited. And when they're all dressed for the wedding, see, it does talk about the wedding clothes. So that's, that's the one thing. <laughs> that's the one thing asked of the, of the people who come is that they wear their wedding clothes. When they're, when they're all dressed in their wedding clothes, you can't tell 
who the good ones are. You can't tell who the bad ones are. You can't tell who the cool ones are or the nerdy ones are. You can't tell which the ones the rich ones are or the poor ones are. They're all on the same level as they walk into that room with wedding garments provided by the king. There's no difference. God has put us all on an even playing field. It's like school uniforms. I went to a private school as a little kid. Um, and the uniforms were terrible. You were This is the thing, though. They, they want, okay, you had to buy them at a certain place. They had to be the certain brand. It was like everything was very specific, right? Um, you, you know, it was khakis every day or maybe, maybe, one, maybe one day. And it was every day has a certain color. So you had like red polo Monday, blue polo Tuesday, light blue polo Wednesday. You know, what? I don't remember what the, what the days were, but it was like red, blue, and light blue. You were going to wear these three shirts. You were going to look exactly like everybody else. You were all going to look goofy and ugly because they were ugly uniforms. <laughs> Especially the girls, you were gonna look terrible, you know, <laughs> because because girls' uniforms are are the worst, um, especially in you know old Christian schools. Um, but but everybody was on the same page. Nobody got to come in looking cooler than another. Everybody came in looking the same, bad. Um, but in God's kingdom, when you come in, you're looking good. Amen. Amen. Imagine imagine you've uh, you've gone to a city, okay, and you're looking for a place to stay. And you go to a hotel, and uh, you, know, you find out they have 100 rooms, but at the moment they have 100 guests. So no luck. You're out of luck. You can't, you can't stay at this hotel. You go to the next hotel. This hotel has 1,000 rooms. You ask, well, can I get a room? You know, no, sorry, we have 1,000 guests right now. The hotel's full. So you may go to the next hotel, and you see that this hotel is special. This is an infinite hotel. has infinite rooms. So you're, you're pretty excited. You think, I've, I've got this this time. But you go in, and you find out that they already have an infinite number of guests. An infinite number of guests. So you're about to walk out sad uh, when, when the manager says, hold on a second. We're just, we'll, have everybody, we'll have everybody shift down one room, and uh, there'll be room for you. You'll go in the first room, and everybody else will shift down one room. Well, how does this work? This is actually a, a paradox called Hilbert's Paradox. It is a veridical paradox. In other words, it's provably true uh, that leads to a counterintuitive result. The statement is, there is a guest to every room. However, because it's an infinite hotel, it's not true that no more guests can be accommodated. There is a guest to every room. That's true. But no more guests can be accommodated is not true because it's an infinite hotel. In mathematics, countably infinite sets are an infinite set with the same infinite property as some subset of the natural numbers. Give that a second. So, the guest in room number one goes to room number two. Guest in room number two goes to room number three. Guest in room number three goes to room number four. Guest in room number five, and so on. Every guest goes to their room plus one, okay? Now, behind you comes an infinite number more guests wanting to come into this hotel. An infinite number, not, not a large number, okay? An infinite number. Can they fit in the hotel? And how do you make room for them? <laughs> how do you make room for them? Well, you don't want to have to shift one guest. Now shift again, one guest. You're going to make all the guests angry, right? So there's got to be a way to fit infinite number of guests in. Well, simultaneously, you're going to tell all the guests that you're going to shift from your room to your room times two. Room number one, you're going to go to room number two. Room number two, 
you're going to go to room number four. Room number three, you're going to go to room number six. Four, you're going to go to room number eight. You get it? It's their number, their room number, times two. Everybody shifts down to that room. And now, there are an infinite number of odd rooms available. One, three, five, seven, and so on, infinitely. See, when it says that, a, that an infinite set, a countably infinite set, has the same properties as a subset, it means if there's an infinite number, then there's also an infinite number of odd numbers inside of it. There's also an infinite number of even numbers. There's also an infinite number of, well, I think, I think this is a questionable one, but prime numbers. You know, there's, there's an infinite number of, of every one here. And so there is room in this infinite hotel who already has infinite guests, there's room for an infinite more people. I went to a wedding for another friend a while back, and uh, we sat there through an infinite number of groomsmen and bridesmaids. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I thought it would never end. You know, it was a little bit like, you know, he didn't ask me, you know. Like, but, then, but then like, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep now, you know. And they just kept coming, and they kept coming. I don't even know. I, I couldn't help but wonder, like, how many of these people are actually his friends or, like, his parents? Did his parents make him, like, this one is going to be, <laughs> this one is going to be in the crew. No, it was not him. <laughs> it, was, it was the most groomsmen and bridesmaids I'd ever seen in my life. But at this wedding feast that you're invited to, there's always room for one more. Good, bad, or ugly, there's always room for one more. God's grace is good enough for everyone. Look, he went out, and he didn't say, like, we have, we have 100 spots. Go invite these 100 people. He didn't, in fact, he didn't pick specific people to come. The Father said, go out and invite anyone you can find. This is the message of God, that anyone you can find is welcome in the kingdom of God. Anyone you can find is welcome in the kingdom of God. Whether they are good or bad, they are welcome. God says, I've already done the preparations. I've already gotten everything ready. The call is simply come. He prepared everything. Abby and Coy invited us over for, for uh, dinner the other night, our youth pastors. I, I think they had to because I had, I had kind of poked him a little bit about him, like, hey, you've been in there all this time. You're telling about all these other people you're having over. You haven't invited us over once. What you, what's going on? Like, I, I haven't seen your house. What's going on? So then, like, two days later, it's like, hey, you guys want to come over for dinner? Oh, yeah, 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 I see, I see. But, you know, when I, when I have people over, it's usually burgers and hot dogs, something easy. You know, uh, in fact, one of, our, one of our other friends complained one day as they were coming up. He's like, he's like are we just going to have, like, burgers and hot dogs or something? Can you guys make something special? Like, okay. <laughs> um, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> But uh, we go over to Abby and Coy's house, and man, they, uh, they're pretty good hosts. They're, uh, they're fixing food that they've, like, you know, been practicing. They're, like, they've tested how they're going to fry these wontons. They're, you know, they've got everything ready. They're just, they're, they've got it all fancy. Their house is all, all spiffed up and clean. And, well, they got one kid, so, you know, <laughs> defense. Yeah. But, they, but they've, done, they've done everything, you know. We didn't, we didn't have to bring anything. We just, you know, sit down and start eating the food, you know. Then they've got a, they've got a game. They got us playing one of, these, one of these exit or escape the room games, like one you can do at home. That was, that was crazy. It made me feel really stupid. Uh, yeah. It wasn't even, like, the hardest one. We got, like, almost the worst score we could have gotten. But, uh, but they, had, they had it all prepared. We didn't have to do anything. And that's the way this, that's the way this party is that you're invited to. 
Let's go back, let's go back to uh, the verses here. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. Uh, in verse 4 it says, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. The invitation is just this. Come to the wedding banquet. God did everything. The gospel is that Christ died for you, according to the scripture. The, go the gospel is not that if you obey these Ten Commandments, God will let you into heaven. The gospel is that Christ died for you, according to the scripture. That he was buried and he was rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. Christ died for your sins. When you were completely unable to save yourself, Jesus did everything that you need to get in. Whether you are good or bad, you are in anyone. And he said, go invite anyone you see. Anyone you can find, invite them. The wedding is ready. The food is ready. We're ready for a party. My son's ready to get married. I just need people here to honor my son. Once again, it's all about honor. We are here to honor Jesus with our lives. And the way we honor him is by believing. Yes. He said that the Holy Spirit will, will convict the world of sin. In the Gospels, Jesus said that the Holy, Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. And then he goes on to say, what sin? That they have not believed in me. What Jesus wants from you is that you would believe. Right. He says, when you have believed, you have already passed from death to life. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. With faith, in other words, it's, it's easy to please God. All you have to do is believe this call and come in, not wearing your righteousness, not coming saying, God, look how pretty my clothes are, but come in and say, okay, this is what you want me to wear, I'm gonna wear it. If this is what's gonna honor the, if this is what's gonna honor the prince, if this is what's gonna honor the bridegroom, then this is what I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna wear your righteousness, Jesus. I'm not gonna reflect anything of myself. I just wanna be a reflection of you to honor your son for what he did on the cross. And the gospel is simple, and it's for everyone. You think, of the, you think of the worst person right now that you know, <laughs> the person that you think like you'd be least comfortable inviting to church. The king says, go ask him to come. <laughs> and not just to church, to the kingdom, to Jesus, to the cross. Amen. The person who deserves it the least. The person who, who totally represents the opposite of the character of God. Not just, not just like have done the worst thing, but like everything about them. Like they're not loving. They're not kind. They are mean. They are angry. They are unforgiving. They are, you know, dirty. They are, they're, uh, they cuss like a sailor. You know, they, uh, you, you're afraid of what conversations might come up when they come into church. You know, what, what they might say next. God says, go invite them. The wedding's ready. The food's been prepared. Everything is set. I just need to fill. I just need to fill this wedding. Yes. And that's why you and me are invited. Because we're just a part of that. And you don't need to figure out whether you were the good or the bad. It doesn't matter who you were. It doesn't matter what you've done. Who you are is you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the wedding guest that was honored with an invite. You are the wedding guest who comes in, man, looking spiffy, right? 
Some, have you ever, you've been to weddings where, where you're just like, man, I don't know what this person's going to look like in their wedding clothes because, you know, like just a, just a goofy looking person. How's he going to clean up? And then they come in and like, oh, wow. He actually knows how to get dressed. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like, he can clean up. Uh, but that, that's, that's how you look to God. You're all cleaned up. You're all cleaned up. You may not always feel all cleaned up. But when Jesus looks at you, when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus and you are all cleaned up. You're ready. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's stand. If you would just close your eyes with me for a moment. And I want to I invite every one of you. The banquet is ready. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never invited God into your life, He's inviting you. And all you have to do is say yes. When you believe, and God comes into your life, and He makes you a new creation, starting with the inside. So if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now so we can pray with you. We're all Christians here. So you know what that means? We are now called to be the ones going out into the world and inviting anyone we can find, the good or the bad, without any judgment, and telling them, hey, everything's ready for you. Come on in. So Jesus, I bless every person in this room. God, I ask them that you would fill them with the, I ask you that you would fill them with the message of the gospel of Jesus, that you would fill them with the grace of the gospel, that you would fill them with this, this freedom to just Tell everyone about how good you are, God. And God, I ask that, uh, that they would see results from that, Jesus. That they would see their friends and family coming to you, God. God, I ask for, for miracles of salvation in the lives of our friends and family, Jesus. Right now, right now, I just want you to think of someone in your life who needs Jesus. And we're just going to pray together right now. We don't have to say their name, but we're just going to pray together right now for their salvation. Jesus, I just ask that you would begin to call them. God, that you would begin to wake them up in the night. Jesus, that you would show them your great love. God, that you would, uh, that you would shut down every thought that they're good enough by themselves. Jesus, that you would cause them no longer to rely on themselves. Cause them to see that, that for all of us, God, our righteousness is as dirty rags. And that you would, you would just begin to call them to you, Jesus. And that they would hear your voice. Jesus, if they need a sign, I ask that they would see that sign, Jesus. If they need a friend or a family member to, to come to them, God, I ask that you would call the friends and families right here, God, to speak to them. And Jesus, I ask that you would find that person right where they're at. And that, God, that you would seal them as a son and daughter of God in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for inviting us, God. God, I thank you that though I was one of the bad ones that didn't deserve to come, that you gave me your righteousness, that you gave me your wedding clothes. Thank you for letting me in, God. Thanks for, thanks for not kicking me out. Thank you, Jesus, that we are welcome in this feast. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for the fruits of this feast. God, thank you, Jesus, that we get to enjoy prosperity, that we get to enjoy healing. God, that although we don't get to see the full manifestation of the kingdom on this earth yet, yet still the kingdom of God is within us. And God, that we are 
presenting the kingdom of God outside of us to the world, Jesus. So we carry it with us, God. And God, we just release a manifestation of the glory of God in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's put up our proclamations. Thank you, Father, for blessing your people in their going out, just like you blessed them in their coming in. Thank you, Father, that you've caused us to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first, not last, the victor, no longer the victim. Thank you, precious Father, that you've caused the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees of the field to clap their hands as your people go forth, armed and dangerous with the word of God. Amen. The River is a ministry supported by the generous and faithful financial blessings of those it ministers to, given out of free will and completely uncoerced. We believe that this has always been God's plan for the church. If that's you and you've been blessed by our church, by this podcast, or by our live streams, please consider giving. You can do that by going to theriverdurant.com and pressing the Give button. Donations are done through PayPal, so they're simple and secure. Thank you for helping us share the gospel of grace in Christ Jesus and putting up with my son talking in the background while I'm trying to record this. 